0: 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com work. Shopify.com work. All
1: right, so if you're a guy named Byron Kennedy from St. Pete, and you're sitting in the north end zone, and Mike Evans catches a touchdown pass end of the second quarter, and he hands you the football. And then you come to find out, because you don't know at the time, that that's the 600th touchdown pass thrown by Tom Brady. And oh, by the way, they sure would like the ball back, because it might be worth something, certainly to Brady, and maybe, maybe just in general. What do you do? You're on the spot. You didn't know that somebody handed you a lottery ticket. <laughs> now you got one.
2: I'm asking for meet and greets. I'm asking for tickets. I'm asking <laughs> yeah. for autographs. I'm uh-huh. asking for pictures.
1: Yeah, you are. You're asking for uh, uh, some time. You, you want to get to know the quarterback of the Buccaneers and maybe his family. I don't know. And, and Mike but,
2: Evans, too. I mean, he's the one who handed it to you, so he's got well, that's a right. in this, too.
1: That's right. I want to know you both. Know, you were smart enough to wear a, uh, a throwback Mike Evans jersey, which is why he handed it to you in the first place. Well, that's what happened to this uh, – this young man, this 29-year-old man, Byron Kennedy from St. Pete, um, who's studying to be a doctor, I believe, or is one. And and now he finds himself in the crosshairs of, like, social media, which is just the worst, right? Because th- there was a uh, a value placed on this ball by one of uh, – we, I think Joey Knight, um, reporter, covers the Bucks with me, called, um, you know, one of these auction places, and they said, oh, yeah, you know what, that ball's probably worth about a half a million dollars. I Ooh. want my
2: I want my name in the Ring of Honor where John Gruden's was. Just you know, <laughs> you just replace it, put my name there. Oh, you know they've there's moved an open Ron- spot.
1: <laughs> no, there's not. This this just in. Breaking news. Dun-dun-dun-dun. Breaking news: The Buccaneers have retrofitted that corner of of the Ring of Honor and have moved Ronny Barber's name to so as to not have any blank spaces over there. Smart. So that. So so, and you, if you didn't know, you wouldn't know, so to speak. You'd be like, "Hey, where was John's name?" Can't tell, don't know, because they moved everybody around. So yeah, it was smart. But yeah, I you know I kind of I, I I mean this guy is one, either the luckiest or the most unlucky guy uh, in the game uh, the other day and um, on Sunday because he did end up with a football, just not that football. The Bucks negotiated some things. I said, guess they're still in the process of sort of filling up his wish list. Um, but at, at minimum, he's going to get, I think, a couple of jerseys out of the deal, perhaps a helmet. Um, I've heard, or it was reported, like $1,000 in the team store merchandise. Like, So they're going to take care of him, but maybe not the way the auction house would have taken care of him. This is the thing that people should realize, that just with about every touchdown pass Tom Brady throws, it's a milestone. Okay. Um, it wasn't that many weeks ago they were playing, you know, in New England when Brady um, made a pass to Mike Evans, and it was uh, about a 20, I think about 28-yard one, um, and that was the one that allowed him to surpass, and I would think this would be a bigger deal, allowed him to surpass Drew Brees for the most passing yards in NFL history. Brees had eight hundred eighty thousand three hundred fifty eight, and then that one put – um brady on the, over the top by a yard or two i think now that one um brady obviously got back because that was not a touchdown had it been a touchdown maybe evans was giving it away evans gave away all three balls in fact he does this all the time and when you do it when you see a player do that um they not only have to pay for the football it's a fine they don't want players handing out footballs because they might toss one in and it might break somebody's nose with it whatever um so he's he's getting some money taken out of his paycheck. Now I'm not going to hold a telethon for him here, but it, it's just something he does. So obviously he wasn't thinking, and how would he, that, oh, wait, this is, this is number 600 for Tom. 600, by the way. That is a lot of touchdown passes, man. And he threw four. That's right, you can hold up the four fingers now. Everybody was hitting that meme. He threw four against the Chicago Bears and really didn't, you know, passed for that many yards I and mean, he passed for only 211 yards that's because the Bucks kept getting short fields courtesy of you know Jalen Darden with a kick return and then five five turnovers of Justin Fields it was this was this was the lopsided game we kind of talked about Steve
2: it was and, and we talked about you know I mean a lot of it we said Philly too was a team that you know was kind of a team that the Bucks should should handle. Yeah. And they, they pretty it, much did, they although did. they let them get back in. But you had the road, you had the short week going into that. You did oh, have yeah. some circumstances in it. This mm-hmm. one you had now the ten days off. Right. So you had the, the kind of the mini buy last weekend where the players got to rest and get healthy. And then you're coming home to a home game where the Bucks have played very well at home this year. And you're not dealing with the crowd noise on the road and, and all the other things. Yeah. And, you know, and then you started getting some players back too, like Antoine Winfield Jr., mm-hmm. who made his presence felt quickly. He sure did. Uh, you know that this just had all the makings of, you know, the Bucks were going to roll, and they did it early. I mean, at the end of the first quarter, you're up twenty-one nothing. You did exactly what you're supposed to do. Yeah. You know, against a team like the Bears, who is a very one-dimensional offense, and Justin Fields doesn't look good back there. No. Not necessarily for his fault. All you know, I don't know if the offense is really constructed properly for him either. You know, yeah, you know, and that's part of it too. But you know, it was exactly what you what you expected, and they went out and did it quickly, and and took control of the game, and it was over quickly.
1: Yeah, and you know, uh, I think there's going to be a coaching change in Chicago. I, I just kind of feel that way they're they're, they're not going to, I think, sit fields in this situation for the next one or two more years. Um, look, he's got to have a better cast around him because. He starts this game out and he throws balls and and two possessions that were first down passes and they both were dropped. And you gotta help the guy out. I mean he's a young kid. If he knows when he knows where to go with the ball, he's fairly accurate and if he's decisive, he's 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 good. But that you can't give him anything close to what Brady already knows. And and we talked about this before the game. Todd Bowles, when it comes to rookie quarterbacks, is gonna eat them alive with blitzes, and he did it. Right off the bat, when he got to a third down situation, here comes Antoine Winfield Jr. Um, you know, fresh off the uh, concussion protocol list, and you know he has the the first big hit on Fields. And you know, after that, um, it was it was sort of a free feeding frenzy. They got a little lucky um, in in the sense that there were a couple more COVID cases for the Bears. They lost their right tackle. Um, the guy that replaced him wasn't very good, and. Man, and, you know, how smart am I? So I, I write this column for Sunday's paper in the Tampa Bay Times about how, you know, it wouldn't be a bad idea to sort of manage Jason Pierre-Paul's, you know, play time just because, I mean, the guy's beat up, right? Well, we found out, first of all, how beat up he is. He's got, of course, the uh, the busted-up finger, which he's wearing a club on his right hand. And, that yes, that's the hand that he lost a bunch of fingers in the fireworks accident back in 2015, and... The biggest problem is his shoulder. He told us on Sunday night that he has a torn rotator cuff. (laughs) Are you kidding me? I mean, your job is to push up against 300-pound men with using your upper body and your shoulders, and you've got a torn rotator cuff? How does that work? And then on the other hand, you've got a club. You know, you're all taped up. You can't grab on anybody. So he literally was out there with one hand, one arm, I should say, and still manages to take fields down gets two sacks on the day right and also has the uh the sack fumble which you know gives him field position and don't i look like the smart guy saying you know what you should do you should manage his time and play joe try and shawinka more well that didn't work out for me <laughs> but you know he he uh he he's it's i've never seen anything like this you can't kill this guy like he loves football so much that he will do anything to get on the field. And to, to Bruce Arians' credit, like if I was a veteran player, like every veteran player that's a free agent should all want to play for Arians because he's gonna make sure that he doesn't kill you in practice during the week. You're gonna get there on Sunday. And, you know, you gotta somebody's gotta practice or you have no team, but like with Jason Pierre Paul, he just told him he said, Look, look, big fella, I I know you can play. Um don't worry about practice, let's just get you to Sunday. And he does, and then he goes and he does that. And Pierre Paul said, look, if I had to go out there, hit and do things during the week, he goes, I probably wouldn't have made it today. So, you know, Arians has a good sense of what those guys need, and um, they were really dangerous. Shaquille Barrett was flying all over the place. Um, He recovered a fumble, then fumbled it himself. Then Devin White recovered that fumble. Um, You know, you talk about their secondary, and they did get Whitehead back, which was great. So they start D. Delaney. D. Delaney, this is making his, uh, I believe, his first start. He ends up with an interception. Jordan Whitehead has an interception. And then when Delaney goes out with an ankle injury, Pierre Desir pops in, and he has an interception. So, I mean, it's amazing to me how many guys they have plugged and played in the secondary, and they all seem to produce back there. It's crazy.
2: Well, kudos to Todd Bowles and and – you know, look, not only the scheme and, and, and the way they call the defense based on who they have on the field, but yeah. for recognizing the talent. I mean, some of these guys he's he's had in the past and, and knows, and, you know, yeah. it, it's finding that talent of those guys that can fit in your system and work in your system, and and they just seem to find them. Um, you know, kudos. It's, I don't want to equate it quite to the Rays where, you you know, you start seeing guys off the scrap heap and all of a sudden, no. you know, almost all-stars or whatever at the Rays, but – some of these guys on defense, you're starting to go, wow. What, I mean, you know, who would have thought? How D-D-D-A-A are they on the street? Cierre to Cierre. Yeah. You know, right. how, how are they on the street when they look this good playing for the Bucks? Now, you know, when you have that front seven in front of you,
1: that helps. That yeah.
2: absolutely helps back there, but it still takes talent. I mean, you know, just because you have a good front seven doesn't mean you can just put anybody back there.
1: No, no. And they got to be smart enough to understand the schemes and to understand the calls and, you know, and to go in there and execute and do the things they need to do, uh, you know. And he he obviously was going to put pressure on fields um, with with an array of blitzes, and there's other responsibilities that spin off of that if you're in the secondary. But, yeah, man, these, these guys have come in here. And, you know, Delaney, of course, <laughs> watching the game, they go, okay, Delaney's out now he went for the rest of the game with an ankle injury. Like, geez, they just keep losing people. But he said he told us after the game that actually his ankle was okay I think they didn't want to, you know, keep him out there to, to damage it further. Um, but I would expect him probably to go um, against the Saints, you know, on Sunday, which is a huge game. The Saints play tonight on Monday Night Football in Seattle, so they've got to go across country, short week, come back to New Orleans, and then you know try to get ready for the Bucs, who are six and one, and, and it's the first time uh, in franchise history that they've been six and one. It's incredible to me. Like they, they were, they've been, they went five and zero before. I think three times, and um, but they never got, they never got that six win. They never got to six and one, and they're doing exactly what they need to do. They're beating the teams they need to beat, some of them handily, and you know this is all sort of leading to um, stockpiling some wins until you know you're going to eventually run into teams like Buffalo and New Orleans twice, and um, you know that sort of thing. But the NFC, man, like you got to keep pace because you know teams like you know the Packers. Are, I watch the Packers and they're never overwhelmingly good to me. They win the games. That's all I can tell you, and that's what it's about this time of year. They win. I mean, when they went against this Chicago team, it was a one or two score game for most of the day, and the Bucks just buried these guys. And and Tom Brady was right about this. They left, I don't know, twenty points off the board, fourteen that I know of.
2: Yeah, the nfc the nfc and we've talked about this is stacked i mean it is arizona goes to 7 and 0 yeah tampa bay 6 and 1 the rams mm-hmm. are 6 and 1 green bay 6 and 1 dallas is yep. on the bye. they're 5 and 1
1: yeah yeah
2: you know and then you look at the afc and the top teams 5 and 2
1: and your cincinnati bengals the ba- beat the ravens
2: boy, they boy, that was a beatdown of the ravens
1: 41-17 goodness gracious in baltimore yeah, at home, yeah, and they mm-hmm. sacked Jackson five. Lamar Jackson sacked five times. And I always say this, show me a mobile quarterback, I'll show you a guy that leads the league in sacks. Um, but to outscore Baltimore 28-7, 28-7 in the second half, That's just incredible. That doesn't I loved, happen to Baltimore. I love Joe Burrow, but really it's it's the Bengals' defense is real. Mm-hmm. Like, they're good.
2: Well, and Jamar Chase, he's been, oh, been better God. than I expected. I mean, I thought they should have stud. taken offensive linemen in the first pick. So,
1: right? Has well, got that would be been... re-
2: most receiving yards through seven weeks in NFL history, first seven games of you know, as a rookie.
1: Think about that, Randy Moss. How many? I mean, I was at Randy Moss's first NFL game. That dude lit it up from day one, and this guy has more yards. It's crazy talk. Yeah, they're they're really good. There was a lot of lopsided, you know, games and in the NFL Chiefs? on Sunday. Oh, I'm telling you. People can now stop saying, well, they're off to a slow start, but it's early. It's an 18, it's a 17-week season, and they they got time. No, they're bad. They're bad, okay? They're not going to the playoffs. It's not going to happen. And now Mahomes, potentially, I guess he's going to be okay, but that was a scary moment. He he got dinged, got his neck bent backwards.
2: They kind of got Their def- a knee to the helmet almost.
1: Yeah, it didn't look good. Their defense is bad, okay? It's just not. It's really bad. And um, I don't see how they make it any better. Mahomes looks frustrated. He'll be lucky. I mean, to me, you just got to make sure you don't get that guy killed, you know, because you want him for, you know, the next 25 years if you can get him. But, um, yeah, I think I think they're done. And, you know, some some of these games, you know, the, the ones that came down the wire, I mean, you know, Atlanta had the lead, lost it, ends up coming back, kick a fill of the last seconds against Tua in Miami. Tua played pretty well. Um, you know, San, San Francisco, in the pouring rain, loses to Indianapolis. There were some interesting games, some interesting matchups. But everything, you know, like this game here went exactly according to plan. I mean, you could not have, have really scripted better. And yet, like I said, they left, as Tom Brady said, meat on the bone because they had a fourth and goal at the one-yard line. And officially, he didn't get the first down, but officially Ronald Jones fumbled down at the goal line. They had a first goal at the one again. They lost four yards on first down on a run play, then two incompletions, and that led to a field goal. So you take those two drives, you know, I mean, it's rare that you have the ball at the one-yard line and don't score in either one of them for a touchdown. So, you know, they, they potentially, according to Bruce Arians, could have scored at least 20 more points, which is crazy when you think about it. But that's, that's how much they dominated this game.
2: Yeah, it was a pretty boring day in the NFL. I mean, one game was, was within one right? score. Only yeah. only the Falcons-Dolphins game was the only one-score game.
1: And it seems like a week ago it was just the opposite. It seems like mm-hmm. they were all down to the wire, you know, because I sat here and watched a whole bunch yeah. of them.
2: There's also six teams on the bye, so there was less games, too. So.
1: Yeah, that's true, too. And some mismatches, obviously, because all those teams are off. But, yeah, man, Brady just keeps going. I so mean,
2: You mentioned the 600 touchdown passes, and I believe, what, it's now 602? Yeah, four passes today. Right. four. Mm-hmm. do you realize in Tampa Bay Bucks history <laughs> minus Brady's right. touchdown passes, they have 840 <laughs> in the history of the franchise. It's crazy. And man. actually only 835 of them thrown by quarterbacks because there's been five thrown by running backs over the years.
1: Yeah, that's insane. That's
2: and Brady's at 602
1: <laughs> and that's 40. I don't know. Seven odd years. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Yeah. No, you can't you that's the thing, like you can't fathom the numbers. It seems with every throw basically he's setting a new mark of some kind. Um and you know, lapping the field. I mean, he's already he,
2: eighth on the Tampa Bay all time list. I know. And he should he should get to number two this year.
1: Number two on I mean, the Tampa Bay He's
2: twenty three touchdowns behind Josh Freeman for number two.
1: Yeah, he'd get close to that this year.
2: I mean, we've got what nine games left. Yeah, no, three, ten, you, 10. You got ten left.
1: He's averaging three a game yeah, for a that's, while. That's so. averaging
2: two point three a game, and you'll you'll tie. He free. do that.
1: Oh, he'll do that. Yeah, yeah. He's been here two years. Yeah, he'll be second on James the list.
2: Jameis Winston's number one with one hundred twenty-one. So,
1: well, we're going to see a lot of Jameis Winston next. Then <laughs> we're be talking a lot about him too. Good heavens. Chris Godwin led the team in receiving. I didn't even realize this. I'm looking at the stats and going, wait a minute, mm-hmm. he had 111 yards? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he did.
2: He had some big uh, catches, too. I mean, Evans got the touchdowns, but.
1: Yeah, Chris got one, and it was mm-hmm. a nice play. But, yeah, Evans, six catches for 76 yards, but three of those were scores. And then the other one that wasn't, one of the other ones was a 46-yarder. I mean, that was just a gorgeous throw. And, you know, I, I it, it looked like they were – it almost looked like it was um, – you know, single covers. I was like, well, "How is Mike Evans getting open and so much?" But no, he was beating double teams, and you know, on the fade, um, on a lot of those, a lot of those balls. So, I
2: liked it on the one he threw the deep ball to Evans, and it was down at the two. Yeah. And the next play, he made sure to get Evans the touchdown.
1: That was nice. Yeah.
2: And it was a beautiful throw, back shoulder.
1: Um, you know that ball was in the air way before Mike Evans could get his head around and he mm-hmm. just did get his head around and made since a, just a great yep. I mean his hands are great
2: but you could it's, see it was Brady going I'm getting him the touchdown yeah like I don't think there was any question he was going to him no matter no, what no he's going right back to him yep cuz he and then, you know he pulled in that catch but ended up tackled at the 2 and you know but that's why that's why players love playing for Brady you make a big catch for him, I'm going to get you the touchdown
1: yeah and here's Brady on SportsCenter center explaining how Mike was like, oh, man, I didn't know that was $600. He's like, ah, that's all right. We'll get it back. <laughs> Mike goes on Twitter, goes, sorry, big bro. Glad that priceless legendary item was retrieved. <laughs> <laughs> and then had, like, praying hands as emojis. Yes, please, um, please
2: keep passing me the ball.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. No problem there. Oh, he will. Of course, it would have been nice to talk to Mike Evans after the game, but uh, <clears throat> the Bucks didn't make him available. Uh, why Why would you want the guy that caught three touchdowns and gave away no note 600 to talk to the media? I don't know. <laughs> why would we want him?
2: Yeah. And then you yeah. saw the the great story of there was a I think it was a 12-year-old kid with the sign. Yeah. The sign says Tom Brady helped me survive brain cancer.
1: Isn't that something? And yeah. He
2: talked to the kid after the game, gave him a hat. And,
1: gave him his hat, yeah. the kid was in tears. And the kid gave was, was bawling his story. eyes out. It was so cool, yeah. It was really cool. Listen, he's a good dude. I, I, you know, for all the like, there's a lot of Brady fatigue, right, in the NFL, Mm -hmm. and you get it. And I think I have said this, and and I don't know how the rest of the nation feels about it because, you know, he's here now. So, had Brady been able to show his true personality out in all those years when he he didn't seem like, you know, part of that Belichickian machine, you know, because Belichick doesn't let his guys really express themselves. He doesn't want anybody stepping outside the organization or being bigger than the, than the team. Um, and they all kind of follow his lead, you know, or, or on to Cincinnati or whatever the next game. But if Brady had been, you know, in a different organization or allowed to be more himself, I don't know that people would have disliked him as much. as He won so much he kicked everybody's butt and they, and there was a fatigue about him always being in the Super Bowl. Even myself, which, you know, I'd go the whole year covering the Bucks who of course weren't gonna make the playoffs and then they'd send me to the Super Bowl and I'm like, Ah, it's Brady again. It's the Patriots again. I've done all these stories. Like you almost just wanted something new. Um and so here he is in Tampa Bay. But in Tampa Bay, you know, he's the old guy, the forty four year old, he's endearing, the you know, cracking jokes at the White House, Gronky and and Brady, you know, all the like he he, he just he's he's reinvented himself a little bit. And um, and man, it, it he's a good. Here's the thing: he's a good dude. Like, there's his teammates love him, his coaches love him. Obviously, I think the fans. You know, you can see where he has these. You know, these acts of kindness you hear about, and he cares about his teammates. Obviously, but you know, how many superstars would would take time to do some of the things he does? And I, I just think that you know, it's it's such a win win for for both him and the Bucs, uh, he, and he could have gone anywhere. And where he wanted to go, we talked about this earlier, was the 49ers and be part of that legacy in his hometown with Joe Montana and Steve Young. That didn't work out. They end up with Garoppolo, um, you know, who's not winning anything right now. They traded Especially for the s- wrong
2: quarterback back, you know, before did. Brady left New England. They should have traded they for Brady.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, I, you know, I don't know if the owner would have let him out of there, but probably, I mean, I guess Belichick would have probably done it. It's gonna come back and, and you know, forever haunt the forty ers if they didn't make that deal. But they had given a ton of money to Garoppolo already and probably probably several years too soon, but uh and all of a sudden San Francisco is suffering out there. This was uh this was exactly what the Bucks needed. Um they get four hundred and eight yards. Um uh, and I like this too. Uh, hundred and eighty two on the ground. That's a lot of that's a lot of yards on the ground. I think it's the most at home since two thousand fifteen, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, both Rojo and Leonard Fournette ran really, really well. And that's that offensive line, you know, kept Brady clean, no sacks at all um, against that front. Uh, I guess, you know, playoff Lenny led them with 15 for 81. And then Ronald Jones ran really hard. He averaged Mm 6.3, 10 carries for 63 yards.
2: And Tristan Wirf gets to get rid of those memes.
1: (laughs) He shook the memes, yeah. (laughs) He was funny, man. He got ragdolled in that game in one of those plays by uh, by Khalil Mack, who you know he absolutely stoned. I mean, you think about that—that that kid, he comes out of you know Iowa, he doesn't have a training camp, doesn't have a preseason, and then you know has to go out there and you know and face top NFL talent at you know at, at pass rush. And in game five, he gives up the only sack he's given up in his career. I mean, that's a, he's a special dude, man. Mm-hmm. You give Warch it up to Khalil
2: Mack. Dude. There's no shame in that
1: no heck no they asked him we asked like hey was he talking to you or anything he goes nope <laughs> he said, just glad i got rid of all those memes it was personal to him he wanted to he definitely wanted to uh sanitize all that but yeah man so they listen i, I i'm so impressed with these guys i'm trying to remember because it, it's only been a couple years but how many bucks games have i gone to where i said at best right well, They got a chance like they you know Maybe they get some turnovers, I don't know, maybe maybe they could beat the Bears or maybe they could beat, you know, name the team. And now it's it's unbelievable how much this team has won. You know? I mean they haven't lost at home since Kansas City beat them in the middle of the season a year ago. I mean, that's how long. It's 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 quite a run.
2: Well it's incredible. And and you know, the Bucks for years, you know, by the you know, you get to November and, mm-hmm. you know, you can pretty much count out the playoffs by then. Oh, yeah. You know, I saw a stat today. The Dolphins are 5-16 in their first seven games of the last three seasons.
1: Oh, my goodness.
2: And, and it, it just struck me like that's kind of what the Bucks used to be. You yeah. Know, and I don't know if they actually ever were that bad for the first seven weeks for three straight years. But, you know, it's just that. By the no, seventh it, or eighth week of the season, you're like, well, let's get ready for the draft. Season's let's get over. ready for next year. Yeah, well, you us know, you play five. for seeding, is what the fans kind of think. You know, we want a higher draft pick.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Hope, hope springs eternal. But, you know, when you're two and five, let's be honest, man, no one's going to the playoffs to start two and five. This team started two and five every year. You know, it's the damnedest thing I've ever seen. I mean, the culture has changed. Obviously, Brady is the culture. Um, they got a lot of really good players. I mean, to to absorb the injuries they've had with, you know, Levante David and, um, you know, just all these guys that are out with uh, Gronkowski and, and, you know, Carlton Davis. and I mean, there's so many, Sean Murphy bunting and not miss a beat. In fact, have a better start to any season you've ever had. Mm -hmm. That should be a warning shot to the NFL because they're going to get some guys back. And these guys that are playing now, some of them are going to be headed to the bench, and they're going to have even more depth and better players if they come back off injury and have a chance to get back into it. I'm telling you what I saw tonight. You know, I know it's the Bears and they're going bad and they have a rookie quarterback, but there's still a heartbeat in that defense. It's still in there. You know, they simply, you know, the matchups have to favor them, or um, they get some of their people back, which which we know they are. And hope they don't lose any other key pieces. But it was um, uh, it was pretty impressive, man. They they got after him, and that's what you do. That's what you do to rookie quarterbacks. What you do to teams like the Bears, who aren't going anyplace anytime soon. And um, it was good to see. So. Um, also, over the weekend, we had a uh, little college football. Congratulations to the USF Bulls and Coach Jeff Scott. You've got your first win over another Division I opponent, and it was a resounding one at so that. I was
2: going like very convincing. And, you know, I mean, we talked about it with Matt Baker. We talked about it between us. You know, USF had to win this game against Temple.
1: They did. And they mm-hmm. came
2: out and dominated and, you know, ran the ball very effectively. Yeah, And and took control of the game early and, and, you know, did what they're supposed to do at home against that team, even though mm-hmm. they hadn't had a win versus a 1A team in, you know, two years essentially. So, I mean, kudos to Jeff Scott. I mean, you know, through all this, you know, we've seen it at Florida State too is some ugly losses, but obviously the team didn't fall apart. The team, they didn't lose the team. Nope. You know, in both cases, you know, Florida State's getting better every every week. Yeah. USF, you're seeing progress. Mm-hmm. And, and you know and after that heartbreak loss to Tulsa last week you come back out and you you immediately took control of the game and dominated it and you know you'd like to see that from a team that's a good sign for Jeff Scott in that program
1: it's funny how quickly the like the perception changes right like mm-hmm. so we're talking a we a couple weeks. let's go back a month ago and all of a sudden sudden you know Florida State uh, with Norvell's in big trouble now they've won three in a row and you feel like oh he can coach you know they're gonna be okay, and I know it's just one win over you know Division one team since Scott has been here, and yet it just feels like oh yeah they're gonna be okay. <laughs> like hey if they go to East Carolina on a on Thursday night, which is coming up quickly, obviously a short week, not an easy place to play. I've been up there, but okay the Pirates aren't you know they're not Alabama. Let's put it that way you go up there and get a win and now you know you end up with two wins in like 10 days you know what you you may you may have a hell of a finish you know you may you may kind of stack these together um not saying they're going bowling but you know this this would be momentum and I, I always thought that like seasons games have momentum seasons have momentum and oh yeah i you know college programs under new coaches have momentum and they just they need to keep building it just keep building it up, because they can. They ran the they ran the heck out of the football. You know, I don't. It didn't matter which quarterback was out there, really didn't. And and to bounce back after that horrific loss, when you knew you should, you had that game. You know, to your point, the message is still getting across. Scott is still reaching these guys, and they went out and performed and performed so well. So that was good to see. Of course, Florida State beat UMass. This is the week, though. This is Florida Georgia week.
2: No, Florida Georgia. Florida State's at Clemson, who's yeah, struggling, and, and that's kind of a, a measuring good. stick game for Florida State at this point.
1: Yeah, it's one they can win. Mm-hmm. You know what? It's one they can win, even though it's up there. I mean, the, you know, Clemson is is not is not really that good. Of course, you'll tell me, and I don't know that I disagree. I mean, the biggest game is going to be Michigan State at Michigan. Both teams undefeated at this point.
2: Yeah, they have never faced off at both teams being seven and zero or better in history ever. In this rivalry, so. Crazy. Uh, Yeah, there's a couple. I mean, Penn State, Ohio State's going to not be as good as it was supposed to be. There's supposed to be two top ten matchups in the Big Ten this week. Right, right. Penn State. How do you lose in nine overtimes and hit the under?
1: (laughs) I don't know, man.
2: So, I'm working the lightning game saturday and as i'm walking in the building it's going to overtime or it's right there okay and it was like 10 to 10 i think going to overtime or 13, 13. i don't remember what it was and i'm like okay you know going to overtime we'll see i knew illinois kicked a field goal early okay well can you know or penn state did whichever one of them did and that's the last i saw of the game so like i don't know 45 minutes later now i'm like oh, let me check my phone and see who won said illinois upsets penn State. I'm like wow 9 overtimes 20 to 18. I'm like, "What?
1: <laughs> what are they Don't they count six anymore?" 9 uh, like,
2: overtimes and you scored 38 combined points.
1: Yeah, that wasn't good.
2: I don't I don't I didn't think that was possible.
1: Yeah, it wasn't good and it it it, it kind of left a little bit of a scar on college football the way they do things. It's not really sane, but no one's come up with a better system yet. But that one stunk, for sure.
2: Yeah, I think Auburn's got a big game this week, too. I think uh, – I forget who they've got. They've got a big game this week, too. There's actually a lot of really good college football games this week.
1: Yeah. So, we'll, well talk to Matt game, Baker about that. The games were entertaining. It was um, – you know, there were some close ones, which I, I did not see coming. You know, I mean, what was it, Kansas, Oklahoma. Um, they were all over them.
2: Oklahoma is just – I mean, they've got the talent. They're just they're inconsistent. Like there's Very, there, there's so many ups and downs throughout a game on that team.
1: Yeah, oh, that's true. They they should have performed better. But you know what? This is going to be a big week because there's some really good good matchups, mm-hmm. and uh, Dan Mullen needs to win. And look, I mean, it would be a huge upset. Number one team in the country. I don't think they're going to do it. But you know, he, if he loses, he's four and four. I don't. The buzzards are going to circle or not, but it's certainly going to be a dark and lonely place. Uh, to be four and four with that, you know, with that football program. So there's a lot on line this week, and you know, it's going to be another great week of a uh, football. You know, the weather's supposed to turn cool. I think it's going to be, you know, Monday morning it might be in the fifties where I'm here up in North Tampa. Of course, that means it's going to be cold in New Orleans for Halloween. I'm looking forward to this week. You know, this is a good week, not just for college football, nope. but for the NFL too.
2: Yeah, I was going to say locally. So you've got the USF game Thursday night. Right. You get Florida, Georgia, and Florida State Clemson on Saturday. And you get Beautiful. Tampa Bay, New Orleans on Sunday. I
1: mean I mean just you know, let the weekend start now. Why do we, why do we gotta go through Monday through Thursday? Let's just go. You know? Let's just do it. It's gonna be great. And then tonight we mentioned Jameis Winston and the boys all the way in Seattle mm-hmm. having to uh having to play out there. No Russell Wilson, but still a tough place to play and they're coming off their bye week so they should be rested. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you know, so and L- Braves lot of and Astros in the World Series.
1: How about that? How about your Atlanta Braves, man? They pitched their way through it and got some timely hitting. And by gosh, America didn't get the uh, rematch they were hoping for, probably. But um happy for them. What was the last time? Was it ninety something? Right,
2: ninety nine, I believe, was the last 99. time the Braves wow. won the pennant.
1: That's crazy. Yeah. Well, they done a nice job. and They added players when they needed to add them at the end of the season. Oh, and this is
2: all without Ronald Acuña Jr.
1: Yeah, they're superstar. I mean, they're alone, you know, the 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 main cog in that wheel and mm-hmm. he's not been around for a while.
2: Yeah, Eddie Rosario was the hero of the NLCS. I know you're very familiar with him.
1: No, not at all, but I, but I am <laughs> familiar. I did watch this about 20 times. I'm a geek when it comes to like when they do these things whether it's on Twitter, social media, whatever where, you know, you see you know it's coming, and they have the sound they have the just no announcers, just sound right of the stadium and of the pitcher and so the guy throws a ball and you you see and hear the you know whack of the ball, and then to watch the crowd behind Rosario and to listen to those people lose their freaking minds was why we why we love sports that's why we love sports and and you can see why that is such a drug to those players, you know, um, to have that sort of mm-hmm. instant, you know, a reaction like that. And you just want to do it again and again. You know, you just, somebody has to tell you to quit because there's nothing like it.
2: Well, and especially after the last year and a half of sports where we play yeah, games we, without or no very minimal right? or fake noise or, yeah, you know, it's just, it's, you know, it really, you really appreciate even more now.
1: No doubt, no doubt. Well, we got a we got a busy week uh, coming up. Of course, we'll get you ready for the Bucks and their preparations uh, for the New Orleans Saints. We'll talk to uh, Coach Arians pretty early this morning. As a matter of fact, at ten thirty a.m. on Monday morning, we'll have a chance to update sort of where they're at with their injuries. If they're going to get some guys back, uh, there I think there's a chance for Levante David. That would be my uh, you know if I was laying odds, he's probably the one that's probably coming back. Still want to, you know. Still got to see if Gronkowski's going to be ready. I think he was closer last week, but you know, you got you know, broken ribs are uh, only hurt when you breathe, so you got to make sure those are healed up. So maybe they get a couple guys back and 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 hold the fort at least on their uh, defensive backfield. I don't think Richard Sherman will be playing this game. By the way, did you see? And I wrote a t- uh, blog about this, and and uh, Peter Schrager had it as well on CBS. Richard Sherman coached last week, so Kevin Ross. The defensive backs coach got COVID, and yes, he's vaccinated. So it was a you know it was a, it was a case um, even with the vaccine that he caught it, couldn't pass protocol. So Sherman during the week was coaching the cornerbacks with the help of other people, of course, on the staff. Now Todd Bowles was technically that guy in game day, but but Sherman has has uh, you know lent his experience and um, without Ross there to, to sort of put the guys through the paces and and coached we talked
2: we talked about that's one of the reasons they signed him was absolutely not only to fill a void that they had because of injury but to help with younger players and to you know add some of that experience and wisdom in in the in the defensive back room and on the field and and to see him doing that and hear him doing that it's it's everything you expected when you signed him
1: yeah totally and you know I, I'm I don't know. I'm in I'm impressed uh with the way things have gone to this point. I this NFL season I think is gonna be unique, especially in the NFC. I, there's gonna be five or six teams that could host the, the NFC championship game, including the one in Tampa Bay. Um you know, Green Bay's not losing, Arizona's not losing. Uh you know, the Bucks haven't lost, but they got a big game next week, obviously. It's and the AFC like we mentioned before, the Bengals um, are on top. They're obviously a really good team. You still got the Bills are going to come here and play later. I think in December, November, December here in Tampa. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a big game. Um, but the NFC is stacked, and you got to keep winning. Like these teams, you can't afford to lose. You couldn't afford to lose today. Obviously, the NFC South uh, title means a lot when you play teams like New Orleans. You go back in the division. You got to win those, but. You got to keep stacking wins because, you know, these other teams, I'm telling you, you know, Green Bay could win 14. They could win 15. You know, you just, I don't know who's going to beat them. So there's just a lot, you know, uh, of good teams in the NFC, not so many good records in the AFC. And the Bucks are in the thick of it. And they've done everything they can do. They lost the one game at at, uh, at the Rams, but that, that woke them up a little bit. And um, they've been perfect since. So. Pretty amazing. So anyway, um, oh, the check this out. The lightning. Oh yeah. Well, Saturday they got, they got a point. We got a point.
2: They still. So they're five games in. They're two two and one. Yeah, and have not led at any point during a game yet.
1: See, that's weird to me. And 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 points are hard to come by, but they they've been they've been chasing it. And I just mm-hmm. love to see them in a game where somebody's chasing them. I thought they played really really well the other night, Saturday um, night.
2: They they did. I mean, the power play was still ineffective Not although it, it looked better it was better yeah. Yeah. um but you know they're still trying to figure it out without Kucherov uh right. but it, it did look better uh their penalty kill you know you could say that maybe cost it, but they they only they gave up one goal in six penalty power plays for the the Avalanche I'll take that every day of the week with that power play when you've got McKinnon and Landeskog yeah. and and Ratnan on there um but, you know I I thought the Lightning played well they uh, and they came back from behind again to tie it Send it to overtime. Yeah. Uh, they lost big. in the skills competition. I mean, overtime was you know, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Three on three. Yeah. So the, I mean, nobody scored, scored in the three on three. It goes to what six rounds in the shootout?
1: Six in the shootout. Yeah. yeah.
2: So I mean, Lightning played better, but they're st- they're now o two and one at home. They don't have a they have three home games, no victories yet.
1: Yeah, that that can't happen. I mean, that's where you got to make all your all your hay. And um,
2: they've got a back to back starting tonight. Buffalo tonight, Pittsburgh tomorrow night.
1: Those are tough. It's going to be tough, but they got to get on the winning side of things, or at least keep racking up points until you get it together. So it's mm-hmm. going to take time.
2: And they got Alex Barre-Boulet back.
1: I saw that from the Kraken.
2: Yes, he was put on waivers, so they've signed him. He did not play Saturday. He'd gotten in late the night before. They didn't play him. Not sure. We'll probably see him maybe in one of the two games. The question is, if you put him in, who do you take out? Right. Um, and, and and I believe they they kept Boris Kachuk and Taylor Radish on the roster. Because those guys play with a little more sandpaper and grit, and are better bottom six forwards. If you're putting Barry Boule in, you you want him playing more on the top lines, which is what his skill set is. So, I mean, who are you taking out of the top two lines? Palat? no. Point, no. Kalorn, Sorelli, Stamkos. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, who do you want to who do you want to remove? Uh, you know, as you start going through the forwards up there. so. But with the back-to-back, maybe they get him in a game. I expect Brian Elliott to play one of the games, too. The backup goalie would be his first game with the Lightning in right. the regular season. so.
1: No way they could have given up Yanni Gord instead of Barry Boulet, yeah, well, right? Yanni Gord was back
2: from injury and started the first game in, C- in Seattle's new arena on Saturday. They had their first home game. so.
1: Yeah, that was on national TV, too, I think.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, pretty cool, the Kraken. I love that. I love their colors. I love their nickname. All that stuff's pretty cool. They'll be here All the right. day
2: after Thanksgiving. So
1: I know, and my my daughters are already hitting us up saying they want to go see Yanni. It's like a Yanni Gord reunion, you know. <laughs> they're, they're Gordies or whatever you call them, like groupies. Um, so they want to they want to make sure they're in the building when they play the video, and you know everybody stands and cheers, and then you're supposed to go out and beat the guy's brains out. But they could use a little Yanni Gord right about now. Uh, unfortunately, he is not theirs, but. Hey, it's early. We're we're just uh, one week into the season or so, and um, we're still Champa Bay. You know, Rays didn't go to the World Series. Obviously, we need to talk. You know, we'll talk more about that as as it starts um, on Tuesday mm-hmm. with Atlanta and Houston. Should be a good one. Um, Dusty Baker, you know, seventy something years old, has a chance to win a World Series now with the Astros, which is pretty cool. Played for the Atlanta Braves, of course, all those years. So that's going to be neat. So. Lots of sports going on this week. Um, keep it right here. We'll probably have a mailbag later. I've got a couple questions already, so we'll do that. We'll do Matt Baker. We'll do college football. Busy week ahead. So Appreciate you guys listening. We're here every Monday through Friday. For Steve Ursnick, i Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody.